Well, our moms think we're funny. Okay. Oh, hey, everybody, and uh, welcome back to our Moms Think We're Funny. This is Turk182. And I'm Akomi. How's it going, everybody? With, with no numbers after your name. No, I am the only Akomi. Uh, so, uh, so Akomi had this idea, and when he told me, I was like, dude, that is so awesome. I know the perfect thing, right? Yeah. And uh, I kind of I jumped at it, um, and so I was like, wow. So, uh, a little background here, uh, and I've never mentioned on... You know, any of our like recordings at all is that I'm a huge fan of the the old uh, the books. Which I say old, they were bringing them back and uh, slightly modernized. Uh, but the Choose Your Own Adventure books, I yeah. grew up reading Choose Your Own Adventure. I have a huge collection of Choose Your Own Adventure books to the point where on my uh, on my my bookshelf it actually takes up two full shelves. <laughs> Um, when I was upstairs uh, taking it out, checking out some stuff because uh, because of you know this, um, I looked and I was looking at the one book because I some I have a bad habit of uh, when I see one, I can't always remember whether I have it or not, and I'll I'll buy it anyway. <laughs> and even when I do know I have it, I'll still buy it. I can't I can't uh, walk away and not buy it. Um, so in some cases, I have. Multiple copies of uh, of books. Uh, I think I think the most I have is I think I have six copies of one book. Nice. Now, when I say that, there were the original, like the first four or five that came out, um, came out actually in the seventies, huh. and um, they're they're different as far as the look, slightly different than the look of the ones that came out like later on in the eighties. Yeah. So when I say I've got you know like 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 six of one book, I mean six of that same style, not. Not like a like a newer version, um, and then like one from the original from the seventies, and then one from the eighties. I mean, like we got like six copies of one from the eighties. Yeah. So uh, you were talking about like doing a doing a maybe read through of one. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I know the perfect one, right? <laughs> and so when I went upstairs, I was like, oh, I was like, you know what? This one is really good too, and this one um, would just be fun. So I actually grabbed um, I actually grabbed one uh, one choose your own adventure book. Which oh. is the first one. Um, but I also grabbed two Which Way books. Oh, nice. Um, and I'm just going to show you this one right here, which is one of my favorites. This is mine from when I was a kid because I put that little scratch and stiff snicker on it. <laughs> snicker on it. So this is actually my copy from like from when I was really young. Wow, dude. Yeah. That's awesome. And this book is awesome. So I grabbed two Which Way books and, um, and one uh, Choose Your Own Adventure. And so I'm gonna actually tell you what they are here, and uh, and kind of give you a brief description as to why I grabbed them. All right. So the first one, the uh, True Your Own Adventure book, is the Mystery of Chimney Rock, which so, I've heard of that one. So yeah, Mystery of Chimney Rock is basically it's a Mystery of Chimney Rock. The reason I grabbed this one is because all the times I ever read it, I have never ever uncovered the Mystery of Chimney Rock. Huh. I would read this book and it would get to the point where I was like, I don't give a fuck what the mystery is. Get me out of this house. And as soon as I got out of the house, I'm like, I'm done. I was, I was like, I'm done. It's like, I made it. I'm done. Uh, now, again, you're talking about a book here. I can go back and read it or whatever, but I would read it the way you're supposed to. Yeah. I wouldn't like hold my finger on a page or whatever. Um, um, and like, and it's like, you know, 
for you to for you to be able to uncover peace, you have to go back through certain scenes of the book and then make a different choice. That's yeah, one thing. Yeah. But once I got through, I'm like, dude, I don't want. I got out of the house. I'm I'm out. I'm free, baby. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm good. Um. So that's one. The other book is a Which Way book. It's actually Which Way book number ten. Mister Chimney Rock is actually book five from the original series. Mm-hmm. This Which Way book is um is number ten. Invasion of the Black Slime and other tales of horror. This book creep me out from day one <laughs> it is incredibly creepy it is i mean just as a as a kid reading it it was so creepy i actually tried to read this to some other kids and they were uh like letting them, i was reading and letting them make the choices and they were about 10 or so about eight or ten um so and we were maybe uh maybe four or five choices in right um and they were like can we finish this up uh, another time? I was like, you guys get scared a little bit. Yeah. And we never went back to it. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So I was like, so and I felt a little justified. So I was like, it wasn't just me. It wasn't just me being a pussy. <laughs> the other book um, is actually Which Way Book Number Two, Vampire Spies and Alien Beings. I have always loved this book. It is it is one of my favorite um, of these, like uh, kind of like, you know, make your own decision books I, I i don't want to say choose your fate because there's like you know there's twist of plots there's actually like a like a i think a choose your find your fate is what it's called so <laughs> i'm trying to be careful like what i'm saying to describe this the genre as a whole without actually specifically naming a a book type yeah um yeah. but uh but yeah they're they're pretty awesome uh invasion of the black slime and vampire spies and alien beings are both written by rg austin now I know that um, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, we mentioned him uh, in one of our previous podcasts uh, briefly. Um, uh, Goosebumps got R.L. Stein. Oh yeah, R. L. he Stein. actually wrote a couple of these. I don't. Briefly. I don't think he wrote them under R.L. Stein though. He may have, but I don't know which one he did. But R.G. Austin did these two books, which are really good. Now, yes. Mystery of Chimney Rock, the Choose Your Own Adventure book, is written by Edward Packard. And he did a lot of these, and he he and R. A. Montgomery are, are, are like some of my favorite writers. Yeah. Um, uh, just looking at the front of this one, you've got uh, ten books listed in this one right here. Um, and out of them, the first one, Cave of Time, is written by Edward Packard. Um, the second one is R. A. Montgomery. The third one is by somebody else, um, D. Terman. Then you've got Ari Montgomery, Edward Packard, Edward Packard, Edward Packard, Edward Packard, Edward Packard, Ari <laughs> Montgomery, Ari Montgomery. So the first eleven books, you know, they're like almost almost all of them are written by Edward Packard, with Ari Montgomery doing about four, and this other guy doing. So I mean, yeah. that's pretty good. That's pretty crazy, yeah. Um, here's here's something else that's kind of crazy. The Mystery Chimney Rock. Um, it says uh, uh, the first printing was in 1980. By 1981, November 1981, it was in its 11th printing. Wow. That's crazy. That is. That is really crazy. So these books were incredibly popular. Um, and uh, so we're going to actually do a read-through here. Yeah. Yeah. With- since, uh, since our Elgato is not working super great right now and we're having a bit of trouble doing Let's Plays, it's like, well, you know, this is like super primitive Let's Plays. Yeah. It's right? Like, it's like a, like a Telltale game. Yeah. Pretty much. Minus the graphics, but hey, um, you can look at whatever screen we have up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so ready? Uh, yeah. Sorry, I'm just a little bit completely captivated by GoGo on the screen there. I, I was trying. I was trying not to not to look because I was just like, 
I love this thing. You call that begging? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. We, we've got a podcast to do. We can't. Do this. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Just, I'm just sorry. Go go Yubari all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which from my other podcasts, people would already know that you know. You know obviously, we feel we feel a way about. Well, I feel a way about her. Oh uh, no, I, I totally feel that way too. Okay. I wish I'd remembered Lucy Liu's character from this. Right, I added her to my list. Oh, Renishi. Oh, Wait, God. I don't think you would really be in any danger of dying. Are you kidding me? <laughs> as long as she, unless you said something like, you know, I don't know which, I don't know which part of you like I like the most, the Japanese side, or really, <laughs> you treat it like a like a like a mini wheat, like you know. <laughs> All right, we we do have a podcast to do. It's like, like the Chinese side is soft and tender. He goes, but the Japanese side loves rope tying. You know? <laughs> <laughs> then, then you might find yourself decapitated. Yeah, I mean, you you know me with my bad tendency of saying shit I shouldn't say. I would die very quickly at the hands of a Renishi. or or getting other people to say things they shouldn't say. <laughs> yeah, horrible at that. I don't even have to try with that. That's super easy. Yeah, freaking go go, dude. Oh, she's giving you the masterpiece. <laughs> Positive grunting intensifies. (laughs) All right, so you ready? Yep. (laughs) Okay. Vacation is here, and you're visiting your cousins Michael and Jan for a few days at their new home in Connecticut. Soon after you arrive, they take you on a tour of their neighborhood along shady streets lined with cozy houses with neatly trimmed lawns. At the top of a hill, you notice a huge stone house unlike any you've ever seen. It has turrets, walled terraces, and a square tower that looks like a giant chimney. Some of the windows are boarded up, and others are hidden by vines and bushes. There's a big dog chained in front of a little cottage nearby, and you ask your cousins if anyone lives in the main house. Chimney Rock? Most people around here wouldn't live there for a million dollars, Michael says. It's supposed to be cursed, Jane adds. They say that some people who have gone inside have never been seen again. What happened to them is still a mystery. You see, Michael explains, Mrs. Bigley lived in Chimney Rock alone with her cat for many years. When she died, she left instructions in her will that the cat could live there for the rest of its life. People say she put a curse on the house so that no one would ever bother the cat. Haven't the police investigated, you ask? The police never found anyone, only the cat, Michael says. But some people say Mrs. Bigley never died at all and that she's still living there herself. What does the caretaker say, you ask? He doesn't say anything, Michael replies. Some say he's crazy, and some say he's just mean. But I guess he's afraid of the curse too, because I hear he won't set foot inside Chimney Rock. You're not kidding, you ask. If you think we're kidding, Michael says, why don't you go inside? You say, I'll do it? Or you say, no thanks. Hmm. I guess I'll say I'll do it. I'll do it, you say. Okay, Michael replies. When are you going? Jane and I will watch you. We'll want to say goodbye to you, Jane says. You take time to get a flashlight from the house, and then the three of you set foot off for Chimney Rock. You feel a bit nervous, but it's a beautiful day, and you keep telling yourself there's really nothing to worry about. As you approach it, the house looks bleak and forbidding, like some medieval fortress. A dark cloud passes in front of the sun. The wind blows dust in your eyes. You wish you hadn't agreed to go inside, but it's too late to back out now. So while Michael and Jane watch from a distance, you walk around the house and try all the doors. 
Every one of them is locked except for the one in the back of the house. Hmm. You wave to your cousins, open the door, and walk into an entryway that leads to a large kitchen. There are rows of sinks and counters and a huge black oven. The floor is laid with dark red tile, many of them chipped or loose. The windows are covered with cloth shades, and you raise one of them to let in more light. On your right is a flight of steps leading from the kitchen upstairs. To the left is a swinging door, which you imagine leads to the dining room. Hmm. You go upstairs? Or you go through the swinging doors into the dining room. I'll go through the swinging doors. I want to I wanna make sure I explore this bottom floor before I get myself in a place where I might be trapped. You walk through the swinging door and into an elegant dining room. A splendid crystal chandelier hangs over the long oak table. Double bay windows are partially hidden by dark green satin curtains. A bottle of wine rests on a silver tray on the sideboard. Next to it is a bright green china cat. You sit down at the table and ponder the situation. There's a small brass bell within reach, and on impulse you ring it. Within a few moments, a door you hadn't noticed before opens, and a thin young woman walks in. She's wearing a black dress and a little white hat in the fashion of a maid. Oh, she says, looking at you with surprise. I didn't know Mrs. Bigley Bigley was expecting a guest today. I'm Lena. May I bring you anything? Perhaps cheese and crackers? You must be hungry. You accept her offer? We decide to question her first. I'll question her. This is a little weird. This broad's supposed to be dead. No thanks, you reply. I heard this house is occupied only by Mrs. Bigley's cat, but I guess Mrs. Bigley still lives here too. If I had known that, I wouldn't have barged in. Oh, Mrs. Bigley doesn't mind. I'm sure she was expecting you. She loves to have visitors, Lena says. I'm glad of that, you reply. But where is she? She is upstairs in the music room playing the piano, Lena answers. You decide to leave Chimney Rock? You decide to go to the music room? Let's go to the music room. This could be interesting. Thanks again, you say, but I think I better, better be going. You get up and start toward the kitchen. Why wouldn't go that way, Lena says. Jervis, the caretaker, is there. Why should I be afraid of him, you ask? He has no right to keep me here. Oh, sorry, let me go back make sure I've read the right one. Because <laughs> I know you said to stay. Um, oh, sorry. No, I did read the wrong one. My mistake. Eh. Rewind. Okay. <laughs> uh, 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 see. Then I shall pay my respects to her, you say. You're curious to meet the mysterious Miss Bigley, Mrs. Bigley, and dispel the myth about the curse. You get directions to the music room from Lena and find your way to the front hall and up the wide oak staircase to the second floor. From the upper hall, you can hear the soft plunking sounds of an old piano. Okay. So I gotta turn the page again. As you approach the door to the music room, the sound change. Sounds change. You're a jumble of notes as if a small child were banging the keyboard. You pause a moment, door slightly ajar. Instead of knocking, you look through the crack with one eye. In the middle of the room is a grand piano, made of ebony and inlaid with gold. A large black cat is walking back and forth in the keys. It must be Melissa. Hmm. Sensing your presence, the cat stops and stares intently at the crack in the door. You cannot be sure whether or not it knows you're watching it. There is no sign of anyone in the room. Whoever was playing the piano must have left. You enter the room and approach the cat. 
Or you go back, uh, go towards the stairs. Uh, I'll enter the room and approach the cat. You're a bold man. Yeah, uh, I'm probably going to wind up dying here, but... <laughs> so I will say, um, the one interesting thing about Choose Your Own Adventure books yeah. is um, you would die. Like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> so there's another series I like, I think I mentioned before, I'm dumped out, so it's Intergalactic... Uh, be an interplanetary spy, and on those, when you would die, you would like die, but like you know, like you get sucked out an airlock, and then you would implode or that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, it was gruesome stuff. In in the Choose Your Adventure books, I don't remember you dying like like oh you you know your head gets chopped off. It was always like you know you fall down a pit where no one you know, can hear you will ever find you, right. you know, and you stay there for years and years and years until you know, like you know. You become a skeleton or, you know, starve. It was like you would Which die. so but... much worse than just, like, getting your head chopped off. But... All right. You enter the room and walk towards Melissa. She continues to stare at you intently as if she could read your mind. She is clearly, clearly not an ordinary cat. She seems like a creature in a dream. As you get closer to her, she opens her mouth as if to laugh. Suddenly, she leaps off the piano and patters towards the door you just entered. She stops and stares intently at you again as if daring you to pick her up. Do you pick her up, or do you follow her out the room? I'm going to follow her. Picking up a strange cat's a really bad idea. Yeah. I went to just pet a cat once. It was a like, friend's cat, and the <laughs> cat scratched me. Oh, man, I wanted to fucking punch that oh, cat. Oh, man, yeah, cats are dicks. I'm like, I'm like, dude, I was just going to pet you. You've been looking at me the whole time. <laughs> you know what I hate is when like, a cat will like walk and rub up against you, and you got to pet it, and it's like, I'm like, wait, you, yep. you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Ugh. You follow Melissa down the hall, around the corner, and along a narrow passageway. The dirty, white plaster walls are chipped, and the floor is strewn with bits of plaster and other debris. At the end of the hall is a staircase leading up to an attic. Melissa starts up it, and you follow. When you get to the top, she runs between your legs and darts down the stairs again. Before you can even turn around, the door slams shut in front of you. You're locked in. <laughs> Great. Cats. Not to be trusted. You yell for help, but there is no answer. Hours go by. Every few minutes you yell and pound on the door. Darkness falls and you sit helplessly, wondering if you'll ever be rescued. Finally, you fall asleep. When you awaken, if you are not, if you are not still dreaming, your room seems to have... Ah, sorry, let me start over again. When you awaken, if you are not still dreaming, the room seems to have expanded a hundredfold. It is entirely empty, except a few yards away... Sleeping quietly is a mouse the same size as you. <laughs> the end. Thanks the lot. end? <laughs> Thanks a lot, Derek Coleman. You got us killed. Cool. I figured that would happen. <laughs> okay, so now you want me to uh, do the reading while you make choices? or Dude, I already told you. I'm not going back inside that house. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go back inside the house as a kid. I'm not going back now. <laughs> So we need to go back a couple podcasts where it was like, with things you're afraid of, I'm afraid of Chimney Rock. I'm not going back inside the house. <laughs> Fuck that house. <laughs> Fuck your house, ninja. Fuck your house. <laughs> Buy another one, you rich motherfucker. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Okay. Um, so uh, let's go back to... Um, I don't want to leave. I, I still want to go up there. So I guess... So I'm going to take you back to there. Um, the, um, when we're first into the house, it's the uh, yeah, basement or the swinging doors. Ah, uh, 
Because you said you were going to read, right? Or do you want me to continue reading? Uh, you want me to read so you can make the decisions. I can tell already. Well, like, uh, I don't know. Do you want to make the decisions? Because... <laughs> No, I'll let you. I'll, I'll let you continue. Like you know, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to be the sole decision maker in this. Yeah, I, I, I might. I might. Maybe should because you know. Because I, I just got us killed. I don't want you fucking up my life. <laughs> <laughs> Here, give me the book. <laughs> no, I, no I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you go again. Let okay. You go let, again. Yeah. Let me. Let me die one more time, then we'll pick it up with you. Okay. Right. Um, so, uh, so before we get started again, um, let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, and break for a sponsored ad, which uh, is probably a better decision maker than a Than me. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you, these products won't get you killed, unless of course you misuse them. Okay, we're back. See, yeah. Uh, unless you did something horrible with that product, um, then I'm pretty sure it'd be okay. <laughs> it was probably an ad spot for like katanas or guns or something. Uh, you know, uh, all I can say is just don't get that ninja star in your eye. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, how far back are we going? Uh, yeah. Let's. Uh... Do you still want to go through the swinging doors, or do you want to take it back to Lena? Let's go. Yeah. Let's go back to Lena. I don't. I'm gonna go through the swinging doors this time. And as a matter of fact, I will still go upstairs. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Well, hold on. With Lena, um, when we first got to Lena, she asked if you want something to eat or if you wanted to question her. Oh, uh, hell no, I'm not eating. <laughs> not yet. Okay, so we're going to go to the music room? Yeah. Alright, now we're going up the stairs. <clears throat> Alright, so. Sensing your presence, the cat stops and stares intently at the crack in the door. You cannot be sure whether or not it knows you're watching it. There is no sign of anyone in the room. Whoever was playing the piano must have left. Enter the room and approach the cat, or you go back towards the stairs. Uh, I'm going to go back towards the stairs this time. Okay. You walk back towards the stairs and turn down another hall leading to some bedrooms, the furthest of which may connect to the music room. At the, large, at the end of the hall is a large mirror in ornate gold frame. As you approach it, you see your own reflection and, behind it, the silhouette of a tall elderly woman dressed in black. Even in the dim light, you can see her burning green eyes fixed on you. Dang. They seem to pin you to your place with a power so strong you cannot move. You stand helplessly as she walks towards you. You know you must force yourself to act. Do you break the silence by talking to her? Will you try to run past her and get down the stairs? I'm gonna talk to her. Hi, I'm a Comey. I like to negotiate. <laughs> Roll a diplomacy check, please. <laughs> <laughs> you whirl around and face her. Mrs. Bigley, you say loudly. How nice it is to have visitors, she replies in a raspy voice. I'm sorry. How nice it is to have visitors. I can't do raspy, sorry. <laughs> the pulse of the spell. <laughs> 
Um, Don't even think about trying to escape. (laughs) Mrs. Bigley, I thought you were dead. (laughs) Ah, Betsis. Um, You've been in the house quite a while, haven't you? But you've been running around as quietly as a mouse. I hardly knew where to find you. Well, now that you're here, come with me to the pantry. I have some very good cheese and crackers I know you'll like. What is with these people and their damn cheese and crackers? I mean, you know, it's, it's what you offer people back then. Cheese and crackers. The 80s were a weird time. You go into the pantry of Mrs. Bigley. Some crackers and cheese are already on the table. You decide to eat one cracker and no more. As soon as you take your first bite, you feel dizzy. I knew it. Your vision is blurred, but as well as you can tell, everything around you looks as if it's growing in size. The fuzzy outline of Mrs. Bigley seems to tower above you. You wonder if you have been poisoned, but you can't think straight. You jump down from your chair and run as fast as you can out of the dining room into the study. You hear sounds behind you. Mrs. Bigley must be chasing you. You dare not look back. For an instant, you realize that you should not be afraid of the old woman, but you are afraid. Ahead of you is a small passageway you didn't notice before. It looks almost like a tunnel, an escape route. You scamper inside. You have to crawl, but gradually it seems to get larger, much larger, so you can almost stand up. Suddenly you realize that your surroundings have not been getting larger, but you've been getting smaller. Much, much smaller. You try to stand up, but you can't seem to keep your balance standing on your hind legs. You try to cry out, but your brain can only think, run, eat, hide, like the mouse that you are. The end. What the hell, man? <laughs> you so this bitch is turning me into a mouse? You suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize I wasn't supposed to engage with these people. Let's see. Mrs. Bigley's dead. She left her house to the cat. Everyone says, don't fucking go up there. You go up there and there she is. You're like, I'm going to make friends. <laughs> My name's Comey. I like to make friends with dead old women. <laughs> <laughs> I figure she's just like walking around chit-chatting with people and has a maid that she probably wasn't actually dead. Oh, no. No, no. Because they, <laughs> they all just said she was dead because they were like, you know what? We're going to ostracize her. Because <laughs> she's not the bad person here. We are. Yeah. When will people get over their damn prejudices? I mean, if I were old and rich, I would make rumors about my death to make people leave me alone. Alright, so I'll read now. You choose some stuff. I will choose some stuff. (laughs) Uh, I will miss with time. (laughs) (laughs) This book says you can't go back. I don't believe that. Okay, um... So you just want me to start from the very beginning? Um, you can take me to, um... Uh, take me to the uh, uh, the swinging doors and um. Okay. And the and the downstairs. So if you go up the stairs, turn to page eight. If you go through the swinging door to the dining room, turn to page ten. Uh, so it's upstairs, downstairs. You are downstairs, and the stairs lead up. Let's go up. Okay. Where do these stairs lead? They lead up. <laughs> she has one long staircase just going up and one even longer going down. 
Okay, you start up the stairs, trying to make as little noise as possible. The railing is falling off, and the dust and cobwebs get thicker each step of the way until you reach the landing, which is dimly lit by pale yellow light coming through a circular stained glass window. Steps continue up in two directions from the landing, but on the same level is a hall leading to a door that is slightly ajar. You walk up to it and gently push it open. Before you is a dingy room filled with furniture and trunks, an old-fashioned radio, a grandfather clock, a rocking horse, some coils of rope, piles of books, and on the dusty floor, a dead mouse. In the back of the room is a large closet. Do you open the closet door or go back to the landing? No, open the closet door. Okay. <laughs> Ooh la la, look who's bold now. <laughs> I figure away. I mean, hey, I still had two deaths I can get, <laughs> I can get away with. <laughs> okay, you make your way through the furniture scattered about the room and open the door to the closet. It smells of mothballs and is filled with clothes, some very old, some quite new. You notice a policeman's uniform and a large key ring with three keys on it hanging from a nail. You are suddenly startled by a squeaky noise. It is only a mouse scurrying across the room. You walk back toward the door. The mouse comes running right at you. You step back, ready to kick it away, but suddenly it rolls over on its side, dead. You rush out of the room toward the stairs. Then as you collect your wits, you remember the keys and wonder if they might come in handy. Do you go back for the keys, or do you continue downstairs to the kitchen? I'm going to go back for the keys. Good choice. I like the art direction in this book. This is some nice art. That was a very good decision. For you. <laughs> Alright. Cautiously, you, you retrace your steps to the storeroom closet, take the key ring, and return to the landing. At the top of one of the two flights of stairs leading upward, you make out the silhouette of a large black cat, its green eyes shining in the gloom of the hall. Its back arched, its teeth bared. The cat hisses softly as you approach. If you call to the cat to show you are friendly, turn... Okay, I keep, I keep forgetting to not read the page numbers. So, do you call to the cat to show that you're friendly, or do you retreat down the stairs to the kitchen? Mm, I'll call to the cat. Okay. You call up to the cat, but it remains immobile. Its eyes fixed upon you. You stare back. It returns your gaze without blinking, then arches its back, hisses, and runs off. You follow it down a narrow corridor, but lose sight of it as it darts around a corner. Soon you come to a massive oak door. It is locked. You try the keys on your keyring. One of them works. You pull open the door and shine your flashlight inside. There are steps leading down. Drawn by curiosity, you cautiously descend the stairs. When you reach the bottom, you find yourself in an underground tunnel. Its floor is paved with cobblestones. The walls and ceiling are supported by wooden beams. The air is damp and cold. You follow the tunnel for about a hundred feet before it opens up into a wide space filled with casks and racks of bottles. This must be a special cave where Mr. Bigley kept his wines. At the far end of the cave is a chest with three drawers. The top one is locked. You try another one of your keys. It works. You pull open the drawer and take out some yellowed, crumbling papers you find there. Among them is a letter, written in a shaky hand, which reads, To whom it may concern, I... Horace A. Bigley am a prisoner in my own house, held by the ghost of my wife, Melissa Bigley, who died one month ago today and now has the power to transform people into... Before you can finish reading the note, you feel a presence. You whirl your flashlight around, but it goes out. In the final flickering light, you see a figure, and even now in the dark, you can feel its eyes fixed upon you. You reach for the rack of wine bottles and pull one out. It may be of no use against a ghost, but it is your only weapon. 
If you, uh, do you swing the bottle at the figure, or do you ask, who is it? I'm gonna ask who it is. <laughs> you're gonna wind up caving your cousin's head. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if I did, that'd be their own fault. They, they had the opportunity to come in there with me at the time, <laughs> and they were gonna wait and, like, you know, be all pussified about it, so... <laughs> It's me, Michael, the voice replies. You're both relieved that the other is not a ghost. Your flashlight flickers on and off. My flashlight is getting weaker, and it wasn't very bright to begin with, you say. Let's get out of here. You shake your flashlight, and it flickers on. As you lead the way through the passageway, you hear a roaring sound. The tunnel is caving in behind you. You and Michael are soon covered with dust. Coughing and gasping, you make it back into the house, and finally out into the fresh air. Once outside, you almost stumble onto Jane, who is lying near the door, clutching her ankle, grimacing with pain. I fell, trying to climb down the vine, she says. I twisted my ankle. Only then you notice a policeman has arrived. What a sorry sight the three of you are, he says. You don't know it, but you were lucky to get out alive. Now get out of here and never come back to Chimney Rock. The end. So you got out alive. I'm good. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, I make it out of Chimney Rock alive. I'm done. Now the book goes back on the shelf for like another like a year. You're gonna put it in the freezer so you feel better. Yes, I am. They'd go right near my copy of The Shining Little Women. <laughs> so his wife is turning people into mice. The ghost of his wife. I'm gonna guess that her ghost is probably taking the form of the cat because we've never seen the cat and her together. Right. Huh. And didn't the cat have green eyes? Yeah. Just like what she was did. It? Was it the Chinese cat? No, wait. Chinese cats don't have green eyes. Is that a reference to something here? Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> Chinese girls don't have green eyes. <laughs> China has a lot of hills. It does. <laughs> well that was the mystery of chimney rock <laughs> i told you i told you at the start right like, i never found out what the mystery was i just know that i make it out of the house i'm done <laughs> you want to know what the mystery is you go find your own copy right <laughs> and you know and then you can go through back and forth and get turned into mice and stuff like that and eat lena's cakes that came out all wrong and whatever it is but I'm done. I made it out. I survived. Akomi didn't. So, there. <laughs> I did it twice. So. <laughs> you got turned to a mouse twice. Yeah, but I got the, uh, I've, I've got more of the mystery figured out, so. <laughs> what? what? What'd you get figured out? That she turns people into mice. I figured that out. And you got, you did, no, you got interrupted before you finished the letter. <laughs> oh, you, you, you figured it out because you actually got turned into a mouse. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> So yes. there we go. So I I guess you did. Um, I guess you did figure that part out. Uh, as where I just thank you. <laughs> so yeah, you and your hands-on practicality. <laughs> I told you what happened at the last D and D session. My barbarian died because he decided to fight a glass golem alone. Yep. So. Ah. <sighs> well. That was fun. Um, I don't know if I've ever read any from the original Choose Your Own Adventure series. I've read quite a few. Um, and I actually, like, out of my collection, I have a lot, I have a lot of them that I haven't read. Um, 
you know, a, uh, um, <clears throat> the, uh, one of my favorite ones is, uh, is a one, a spy one called Your Code Name is Jonah. And then there's one hmm. called, uh, the, um, Who Killed Harlow Thromby? Okay. Um, so one thing interesting thing about the uh, about the Choose Your Own Adventure books is they actually have uh, board games now. Oh, nice! I, I have one. Um, they have two. There's a House of Danger. Yeah. And it's actually based off of the the book, and they have another one called At War with the Power Masters. Um, and <laughs> so I have I don't have that one yet, but I want to get that one. Uh, but uh, I was like, the idea they're taking these and turning them into board games where you kind of play through uh, as if you were reading the book. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's super cool. Hmm. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so uh, this episode ran a little bit short, but uh, I think that's okay. Well, we've I mean, we've had so many that go over. Uh, I was gonna, yeah, yeah. I think I think it's good for for this to you know to for us to try something new. Uh, yeah. I don't think this is gonna become a regular thing because I have so many. Yeah. Uh, Plus, uh, what does it say on there? Uh, yeah, it says in the front how many different endings there are. Uh, let's see. 36 possible endings. And we found three of them. Yep. So. And that took us uh, 37 minutes. So. Yeah, if if, uh, if we hadn't died so soon, we'd probably have done a little bit better. Yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> you can just take your choose-your-own-adventure. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, 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 it. I couldn't understand it. The only thing I heard was squeak, 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 squeak. <laughs> What's that, Akomi? You want to help me build a dress? <laughs> uh. Oh, man. All right, well. So, um, thanks, everybody, for... For uh, listening, if uh, if you liked it, let us know. We uh, like Turk said he's got lots of these, so we can always we can always revisit and try other books. So uh, yeah, I actually wouldn't mind. Um, we'll end this podcast, but we'll go ahead and do another one. I want to do. Um, actually, would like to do the other two books. Yeah. Maybe maybe not do. Uh, maybe just do one um, one of each of the. Uh, like until we get our first ending and then oh, stop. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we'll kind of see if, if you know people are interested in checking them out. Uh, they they don't. Um, they were redoing these uh, and modernizing them because these books are kind of old, so they're not there aren't computers and cell phones and that sort of stuff, which would obviously make Chimney Rock a little bit easier if you're like, oh, I'll just call me old Michael and Jane on my cell phone. Be like, come help me. <laughs> I don't know why all of a sudden they they turned into like. <laughs> Into uh, the guy from Andy Griffith. Like, Andy, Andy, help her. Miss Bigley, she got me trapped. <laughs> I think she's going to try to turn me to a mouse. Oh my. <laughs> Andy. Um, but. Uh, now, now calm down, Barn. I'll get, <laughs> I'll get Goober and Otis up here and we'll I, all come help you. I got my gun, but I left the bullet back in the drawer just at the station. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I don't know why that happened. <laughs> That's funny because you started this off with him talking on a cell phone. So <laughs> why is Barney Fife on an iPhone? <laughs> Siri, call Andy. <laughs> Calling Mandy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
it's like, oh, he's over in Mount Pilot. Searching for TV show pilots. No, that's not what I said. <laughs> oh, Toby McGuire, why are you screwing things up? <laughs> so we, we need to relaunch, reboot Andy Griffith, but uh, just give it, like, cell phones, and instead of Sarah, the phone operator, they just have Siri. Yeah. Hey, Siri. Mm-hmm. Fine, just fine. Ain't me's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that told me why that was a reference to a Pleasantville. If you've never seen Pleasantville uh, before. I have not. Well, in Pleasantville, Tobey Maguire and uh, Reese Witherspoon end up going into this old black and white 1950s TV series. Oh, yeah. Really, really good movie. I really want to see that. Very um, nice. But the one, the guy in it that kind of helps them out of sorts, that kind of tells them what they need to do, is played by, uh, what's his face there? Barney. Oh, uh, Don Knotts. Yeah, Don yeah. Knotts. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, so... Anyway, that, that was that's what that was uh, that was a reference to. <laughs> that's cool. All right, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll go ahead and uh, do uh, do another podcast here. We'll give the other ones a shot. I uh, I'm not sure how you're gonna feel about um, uh, about uh, the invasion of the black slime, but okay. um, but I I think you're really gonna dig vampire spies and alien beings. Um, that's one of the ones that I have read multiple times because I really do like it. Yeah, I'm very excited about both of these. So, hey, listeners, if uh, if you want us to do another Choose Your Own Adventure episode, then uh, just turn to page four. And if not, then you can just take that Choose Your Own Adventure book and shove it right up your ass. Well, I, uh, you know, I don't don't listen to him. Uh, <clears throat> So, uh, our great podcast listeners, if you'd like to hear another, you know, choose your own adventure book, um, please go to the next podcast. If you want to hear us do more of our regular, just nonsensical ramblings, please go to the podcast after next. See? That makes it more like a real choose your own. Yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. I like mine better. Chump don't want the help. Chump don't get the help. (laughs) All right. All right. Good night, everyone. Bye. All right there, folks. That was Our Moms Think We're Funny. Let's, uh, let's give them a hand.